0: Welcome to Chase Family Church. You're about to hear a message from one of our Sunday mornings and we pray that God would bless it to you and to your family. You know, um, I've been quite disappointed in some of the prophetic words that I heard earlier on in last year where there were people that were saying, oh, it's going to be short and it won't be long and various other things. And it didn't happen like that. Here we are nearly a year later. Um, However... What I was drawn to was some new particular voices that came out that um, touched me. One particular lady called emma stark she 's from uh, Scotland. Oh, she lives in Glasgow actually, um, and I, I came across her earlier on in the, in the year when Mark Pew was doing uh, interviews on what is next for the church, and very, what he very wisely did was get three theologians together to discuss some points of view, and then he got three prophetic voices and one was um, Emma Stark, James Aladarin and then Rachel Hickson, and they were all together in this discussion, and it, it's the first time I'd came across them, but I found her influence quite powerful, as indeed I did listening to Artie Kendall, and Barb influenced me a few weeks ago when uh, one of the Zoom meetings was talking about his point of view, and it got me remembering some of the things I'd heard him say a few years ago, and so I'm going to be talking about some of their views and um, I just want to emphasize this is not necessarily the uh, the view of of Chase but it's my view uh, that some of this and hopefully it will challenge all of us in the way that we move forward today. I've often mentioned that as believers we are welcome in the throne room of God and I have to tell you that I believe a lot of what's Um, they've been saying, has come out of the throne room. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that these are people who've sought the Lord. They've been in the presence of the Lord. You are all welcome in the throne room of God. And you can go in any time. Isn't that amazing? The only condition to going in is that you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So if you're watching today live and you don't know the Lord Jesus, then get to know him because you can get into that intimate place. And the throne room. Some years ago, Artie Kendall uh, had been speaking um, from Matthew 25, and I remember um, watching some of the um, clips that were around at the time. And Matthew 25, he talks is about the wise and foolish virgins, and he actually had uh, focuses on the verse, the midnight cry, and. What has amazed me looking at this, sorry I've changed my notes around this morning, I do realise that. See, I believe in the sovereignty of God and and I know that when he does things, he does them for a purpose. And I would have to go as far as saying as I believe he's let things happen to get our attention. And he is a jealous God and we need to know that. And he just wants our attention. It's his way of saying, if you like, I want you. And this will, I believe, drive us to our knees. And the purpose in it all is to drive us to our knees. I don't know about you, but when you've been in difficult circumstances, as a Christian, where do you go? You go to God. Now, um, Artie Kendall is very much a Bible teacher, um, and he talks a lot about, from Matthew 25, and we're told in the last days that, um, the church will be asleep. And it says, you know, it talks about the five virgin, um, five wise and five foolish were virgins. But it said all slumbered and slept. And I believe that he is right in his assumption that the church is asleep. Spiritually speaking, that is. And when uh, there's, you know, the actual scripture, the actual scripture says that it uh, believes it's uh, midnight... And I think some people have got hung up that it's going to be at midnight in the, some of their understanding about that. But it's not what it means. You know, if you are... It's, the actual Greek word is middle of night. It doesn't say particular time or anything. Um, but if you were woken up at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, it's like it, it is a wake-up call, isn't it? You don't, you don't want to be woken up at that time. And you're not giving... Um, you're not quite in that welcome state. And RT says that... That's where he sees the church at the moment. We're at that deep, deep sleep. And I I happen to believe that he's right. Um, And I think we are in a challenging situation. Are we ready? In fact, he, he wrote a book which actually said, Are You Ready for the Midnight Cry? And I haven't read it, but I know a few people who've had and said it's very challenging. So if you want to do that, by all means do. But... We are not ready as a church, and we could be asleep. And it could be the last thing we expected. You know, I'm challenged because this is a move of God, and one way or uh, another, that is it's not just affecting a nation, it's affecting everyone around the world. You know, there was a war in the 1940s, the Second World War, and it lasted five years, and millions of people were killed, all right? But you could see the enemy coming. You can't see him coming at the moment because we're in a different sort of war. It's a viral war, and we need to be ready. But we can pray. You know, I was um, the last time I think we had a real challenge like this was the uh, on 9/11, the twin towers, and you know it was a wake-up call for us then. But very, I think very easily, it's quite uh, it's quite easy to slip back into. Um, that sleeping zone, you know, a few months later, everybody was thinking, oh, it's going to be okay. And uh, and I remember for Liz and I, it was a real wake-up call because (laughs) out of that, um, we stood in the kitchen and she said, we're going to put our names forward to do the youth work. And as you know, firestorm came into the church and the young people, hundreds of young people got saved. And it was a challenging time. But, you know, when these things are over, it's very easy to slip back into sleep. R.T. Kendall says, it isn't the midnight cry, but we need something more. And I, I'll come on to that perhaps a little bit later. But yes, I think there is something that. And Emma Stark says a similar thing, talks about the part, um, this being a period of shaking from Haggai, um, chapter 2. She says, I believe he is about to shake the nations. How often do you get nations together facing what we're facing en masse? And that's true. And turning to Jesus. We know that... Uh, HDB have told us that hundreds of people responded to Alpha to want to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So, in other places, there are people who are coming to know Jesus as a result of this. Emma says, It it says he will shake the nations and the heavens. And I know he's referring to the old temple, but we are his new temple and he wants his glory to shine. Emma says, He will shake the heavens. He is investing in shaking. Did you think it would be easy? Did you not think it will have catastrophic effects? And these are things that we don't want to hear, are they? It's a bit uncomfortable and we like comfort. You know, I agree with the comments of a lot of old uh, time preachers. Uh, There's one comment that says, make me a harvest ready person. Are you a harvest ready person? Are you ready to tell others about Jesus? There is an uncomfortable awakening coming. It's not an interruption, it's a disruption that he is bringing. And Emma Stark says, God invests in his goodness so the the people will choose him. Say that again. God invests in his goodness so the people will choose him. And she continues, There is going to be a bending of the knees to Christ. And this is very similar to what Artie Kendall is is highlighting. And I think that is a, a sense that we are being called to our knees to pray. He says, I'm moving on the church from attendees to being an engagement movement, and I think that's quite a key. He's releasing a movement in the church to engage through the nations. You know, in the <clears throat> first miracle of Jesus, what was it? Water into wine. Just checking, you're, you're not asleep already, but... Um, We saw something. We saw an example, didn't we, of the old wine? Then we see no wine, and then we see new wine. And I wonder if this is a process that we should be looking at. You know, we've done, we've seen great things. We've done great things, and we've become a little bit, dare I say it, Laodicean, (laughs) a little bit lukewarm. Recently, unintentionally, both Ken and I on Wednesday evenings have mentioned Laodicea. We didn't get together to think about it, but it did highlight the fact that we need to heed the warning of the Laodicean church. We need to be active and on fire for God. We need to be out of the old wine where there was real anointing and where they we're in this pause at the moment where there's almost like a no wine situation. But I believe the new wine is coming and we need to prepare our hearts for it. Now maybe you're feeling unsettled in the whole of this COVID thing that's going on. And that's okay. Let me just say to you, actually, well done. <laughs> because I believe we're in time with God. If you're unsettled, and I think it's your spirit that's unsettled. I-, I find that for myself, do you? You know? And and I think this is God's heart of where we're at. And maybe we don't understand it, but that's okay. And, It will become clear. As I often say, it will become clear. You don't need to rush anything with God. We're in his hands. We're safe. But I think, yes, well done. Pat yourself on the back if you're feeling unsettled. (laughs) Prayer at the moment is not showing me your glory, although that's what God wants. But it is, oh God, make me, bend me, shape me. Oh God, make me different so that I can steward the increase of your glory that's about to come in the new wine. That's our prayer. Now, there are two things I want to highlight from the new wine. First bit is hunger. It's a passion for his church. I I loved hearing just recently Leonard Ravenhill. He said, um, the church doesn't need professional speakers. The church needs passionate speakers. And that's it. It's the heart of God, isn't it? He wants us to show our heart, to reveal, not to hide away and to have to be whatever we think. But it really challenged me. There, there needs to be a determination to know God. Are you determined to know God? Is this the year where you're going to say, I'm, I'm determined that I know God deeper? We heard Pete say it a minute ago. I want to get closer to God. I want to have more time with the Lord. It's great to hear them saying that they're praying together. What little objectives can you bring into this year that will motivate you to say, right, come on, we're moving forward in Jesus. We've had no church in order to know that we can't do without it, haven't we? Without the family. You know, there's a small part of the family here. Don't we wish that the rest of the family was here today? Wouldn't it be great? One day it will come, I'm sure, but we have to be patient. I want to tell you, online will never outdo the relationship of the local church. It can't. It can't. When you're in a family and one of your family hurts, what do you do? You put your arm around them. You give them a cuddle. You say it's all right. The Bible tells us greet one another with a holy kiss. We can't even get close enough. All right? But we need to be in love with Jesus and let the passion of Christ be in our hearts. Secondly, power Do we all have power? We've had a little power, but we're a bit leaky. Ken often mentions about being filled with the Spirit. And we get filled with the Spirit, but we leak. And that's why we need to go back there. And and, in the book of Acts, we see, don't we, they are filled with the Holy Spirit, as I described earlier with the uh, disciples. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and thousands of people, thousands of people got saved. All right. But it describes in the book of Acts that they needed refilling again and again and again. And that's okay. In Ephesians, it talks about continue to be being filled is a literal translation of it. And so it's something that's ongoing. As far as I know, the book of Acts is the only book where chapter 5 is year 5. Chapter 10 is year 10, and chapter 15 is year, is, uh, chapter fi- is year 15. And there's a need it shows us a need for refilling. A power surge is required in his church. Gathering people to a people who are connected in power, teaching to an equipping movement, attendees to an engagement movement. R. T. Kendall says, we need more than COVID for our wake-up call, and I'm afraid we do. I'm afraid we do. You know, we're still hoping, aren't we, for a vaccine that will get us back to where we were. But, you know, what if God does not want to get us back to where we were? Are you ready for that? I I, I mean, I have to say, I I think, uh, no, I'm, I'm actually not. You know, I liked the comforts of some of those things for us as a church, for us as individuals. I like those comforts, but maybe God is asking us, it's a different time and I want you to be ready to do things differently. What this nation needs is a spiritual voice with authority where we are really disturbed that makes us stay focused to God. Even when things get back to some sort of normality, we still stay focused to God. When the Twin Towers happened, I remember standing in the kitchen Liz goes, right, that's it, we're going to put our name forward. We went, what? what? Hang on, just a minute, we run a business, we've got uh, three kids at the time, I uh, run a charity and several other charities, and we, we, we've got plenty of time. She said, yes. <laughs> but she, she was touched by the Spirit of God. The importance of the moment, moment made her say, right, we've got to put ourselves forward. And the rest was history, how God moved through the youth at Chase at that time. Yes, what we need is a spiritual voice. We need something that will shake us. And I believe this is just the beginning. Unfortunately, I don't want to say this, but I I feel I have to say it. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think we've got to prepare ourselves. And I don't know how we're going to embrace some of that and what our activities will be. But God will show us you know, one thing uh, I'm amazed at, that, you know, nine months ago, we knew nothing about cameras and TVs. And I want to thank Stuart again publicly for all his help. In uh, you know, at the back, there's a whole dozen, dozen screams of stuff. He knows what he's doing, thankfully. But for you online, we, we recognize that this is an important thing. We need to reach into people's houses in the name of Jesus, bringing the love of Christ in whatever ways we can. And this is something that's new to us. And I believe that we will seek the Lord, how to do it in the most effective ways we can, the ways we can take music and worship. You know, we had a quiz night before Christmas, uh, and I thought we'd never have done it like this before. But actually, it was great fun. And, uh, you know, it was good to see things being done in a different way. Yeah, we need an act of God because he loves us. He's driving us to our knees. You know, I I thought the other day, wouldn't it be good if the BBC actually got hold of somebody, I I used Carty Kendall as an example, and asked him to speak, and it got through to the nations. What if we prayed for something like that to happen? Wow, wouldn't that be great? The voice of God suddenly hitting the main media. We are in unprecedented times. We have not been trained for this situation. There's no manual that we can get out right now. For this, and it needs to be a lifestyle change for us to follow Jesus when this is over. And I believe it will come, there will be that time. I want to share something a little personal. Um, as I said, nine weeks ago, tomorrow morning, at half past eight, I would have been going into St. Bart's Hospital for a, a triple heart bypass. And I think I came round Tuesday afternoon in intensive care. I don't, it, there's no windows in there, so you, even when you're awake, you didn't know what was going on at that time. But I'm lying there on this bed, and these two nurses doing things to me, pulling things and whatever. And this man, male nurse said to the other girl, "'So where in the Bible does it say anything about fasting?' And I said, "'In Matthew 6.' And they both looked down like this. <laughs> "'What's going on?' All right. And I was able to tell him, "'I'm so glad you're here, Natasha,' I was able to have tell him, we have a lady in our church who fasted for a week to get to know God. And I talked to him about Jesus. And the other lady, who was clearly a Christian, I was able to give her a word. I couldn't remember it all uh, right now. I'm I have to say some of what I remember uh, I can, some I can't, and some is going. There was another lady about an hour later, another nurse comes over, and, and her name was Blaze. And it just came out. I said to her, the reason your parents named you Blaze because they want the Holy Spirit to be upon you. Boom, boom, boom. And everything else that came out, and she just started welling up. And it turns out that she was backsliding Christian. And I, I said to Ken and Barbara, I said to your Heather and Chris at the carol service, I said, why does God do that then? Why can't I move like that every day? And Chris said, because you were weak. Because you were weak. Maybe. Because what we're going through at the moment, we're feeling weak. God can use us. uh, One lady came back to see me in the afternoon and I, I knew she was there. Sorry, I'm not explaining myself. She came and she said, I'm the nurse that was with you all night. And I said, you're a Christian and you prayed for me, didn't you? And she said, I did, all night. And I think God loves me so much. And he brought a nurse to come and pray with me through that night. I haven't told anyone. It's the first time I've told anyone. But you know, when God loves you so much that he cares for that. There's one other thing I've told a few people about. That um, Before the operation, I had to find out what I was doing and what they were doing. And they stop your heart. Um, I don't know if you know this, this is <laughs> much on TV. But they stop your heart. And they put it on a, um, what do you call it? uh, They put it on some sort of rhythmical beta thing that gets it going, or keeps it going. And I said to the Lord, I don't want that. I don't want my heart to stop. Can you sort it out? After the operation, the consultant came to see me, um, probably a day or so later, and he came. He said, Mr. Higgins, everything went really well. And he said, and we didn't need to stop your heart. And I said, that's because I prayed. He said, well, it obviously worked, and he just walked out. I didn't even get a chance to say why or anything else. But, you know, God loves us that much. That when we're in those difficult times, and I, I did feel lonely those first few moments. You, there's no one around that you know, but you're vulnerable. And yet God was speaking through me. There was a wonderful lady called Victoria. If she was watching today, I'd say thank you so much. She was in the high dependency unit. She was so lovely to me, and I shared what I could with her of the gospel, and she was very open to it. And I just pray that she gets to know Jesus. Now, I I digress. I I share that because I think we're in this time where we need to be vulnerable. We need to be open to the Lord. You know, fear drives you to do silly things. It does. King David ran into a cave, all right? And then he acted like a madman in one space. So He's scratching at the wood and doing all stuff, trying to be... uh, Because he was... In fear. When fear grips us, we panic. We don't know which direction to take. We can either do our own thing. What we do is we try to sort it all out ourselves or go to God. And I don't know about you, but you know, I always think I can sort most things out. And then when I can't, I go, yes, I should have asked you first, shouldn't I, Lord? Should have sorted that out, you know? You know, If we look, take the Israelites, they came out of Egypt... And they thought they were free, but suddenly they realized the enemy was right behind them. And they started to moan and complain, their usual stuff. You see, one look at the enemy and they started to moan and grumble. When that happens, do we look at the enemy or at God? And what I said at the beginning in Psalm 34, it says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Not some of my fears, that's verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from some of my fears. No, it doesn't say some. It says all of my fears. And the Lord is with you and no matter what things you are going through, what difficulties, what challenges are ahead of us, he's with us in everything that we do. David he realized that these hiding places are not enemy-proof. Maybe your hiding places you think are enemy-proof. Look, we live in a world that thinks money's got the answer or education's got the answer or various things have got answer. We know that Jesus is the answer. He's the only way, the truth, and the life. And I have to tell you that you need to follow Jesus in your life. But King David he knew that it doesn't matter where you run, only one place it's into Jesus will it be completely safe? will you be able to be able to hide in his arms and in his hands? and why was that it's because he was confident in his relationship with the Lord. Are you confident in your relationship with the Lord today? If not and make that your prayer for this year, your prayer that you would be confident in your relationship with him, that you would express his love through you, you'd be able to embrace his love and go into that throne room, have that intimate time with him. And some of you might say, well, I just don't get it like that. But I want to encourage you, just start. Just start. Spend a few minutes praying in tongues, building yourself up as the scripture tells us, to read his scripture, embrace his scripture, get to know him and love him through it. Hallelujah. My friends, the only place of deliverance, the only place of security, the only place of safety is with the Lord. You know, use the words of freedom in Christ. You are significant, you are secure, and you're accepted. Did you know that? Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? Significant, secure, and accepted. Oh, I praise the Lord for that. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you, perfect love drives out fear. Who is perfect love? Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I want to say to you, if there's anyone watching at home today, that if you don't know Lord, as your, Lord Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you can do that today. The scripture tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. What's the gift of God? For God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? His one and only Son. And if you follow him as Lord and Saviour for his repent of your sin and turn away from it, he will come into your life And you can accept him as Lord and Saviour. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have him as your best friend forever. And if you want to pray that prayer, that's simply it today. You can do that. Please do contact us online if you want to or through Facebook. And we'd be delighted to pray with you and encourage you further, perhaps to do Alpha as well. I'll say another scripture. God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. And it just reminds me of um, 2 Chronicles. It's a famous scripture and it's 2 Chronicles 7, I think. Yep. Here we go. This is it, isn't it? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's the prayer for us. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. We're going to say, Lord, come and heal our land. Wouldn't we like to see this land of the United Kingdom united for starters would be pretty good. Um, but after that, you know what we really want is to see them turn back to the Lord Jesus. Martin, do you want to come up and um, get ourselves ready? I'm going to hand over it to Carl in just one moment, but I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask that the Lord would come and minister to us for this year. Lord, we want to thank you that we do not need to be afraid because we have you as our Lord and Saviour. You promise never to leave us, never to forsake us, never to let us down. And as we walk forward into this year, I want to pray that for each of us, as we've heard some of the viewpoints from a a Bible teacher like Artie Kendall, and Emma Stark, and James Ladrin, and Rachel Hickson. Prophetic voices. I want to pray, Lord, that you will speak to us individually. Lord, they may have one message. You may have another for us. There are different calls on each and every one. But I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will promise to be, you'll come and be that promise that you are to us of the Comforter. And as we walk through this life, we will have courage, and we will have the power In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the message today and pray that it would bless you in your life. And if you have any questions you would like to ask, then please email info at chasefamilychurch.com.